All right. Okay. I'm ready when you Three, are. Three, two, two one. one. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, the show that defined a generation. To many more seasons of the Rescue Rangers. We were living the dream. Dancing the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit. <laughs> no one ever imagined. <laughs> it could all come crashing down. We're doing trick flicks. We're doing trick flicks. We watch bad movies and try to fix it. Welcome to Frick Flicks. All right. Oh. Um. <laughs> you know that feeling when you decide, I'm going to run up these stairs because I'm cool. Mm -hmm. I'm and you start, the best. Yeah, I start running up the stairs, right? Sweating everywhere in my pits, in my clothes. Brow is moist. And then you get done. You're super tired. You're just like, why did I run up these stairs? That was stupid. That feeling that you felt is what it felt like watching this movie. I'm exhausted, and I don't know why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel dirty. I feel dirty. Like a That's bug, disgusting. a bug and a mouse did it Ugh. in bed and they admitted it. <laughs> Let's not talk about how that happened because so that's just true. Sorry. All right. So we watched the 2022 Chippendale movie that Disney pooped out of their poop hole. And this is what we got. <laughs> their anus, so to speak. <laughs> yep. Uranus <laughs> like the planet, you know? Anyway. Um, sure, yeah. How do you feel about it? Give me your honest opinion. It was honestly one of the worst movies I've seen in a while. Yep, that's facts, man. That's facts. That's facts. Straight facts. Mm, well, should I try my best to uh, tell the plot? I would love that. Oh, man. All right. Here we go. I got to remember all that happened. My brain was like scrambled eggs by the end. Okay. <laughs> it was. So, two chipmunks. They're stupid, but somehow they're cool now because they found friendship in a little cafeteria where they're not cool enough. Like they're nice looking chipmunks animated in this world where things are real and things are animated and no one wants to hang out with them. I've never seen that. Like, but we realized that they're, they're height cyst. They don't like people who are short. So that's why they become friends. So they have to sit at the short table. That's what I'm saying. They hate short people. And I love short people. Okay? I love them. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to lose it. It's so early. Um, <laughs> it's and... not even 9 o'clock for you yet. No, it's <laughs> You're not. You're already like, I'm done, I'm done. Okay, so after they become friends and they have this voiceover thing, they just have this montage where they're just famous and they're scoodly doing around town and they've reached their peak. They made this show in the 90s that we're supposed to know. And they peaked. And now all of a sudden, they're all done with the scene. And all their producers from the 80s are like, this job is amazing. We've succeeded so well. Like, three cheers for our forever success with this TV show. Then Dale one day is like, hey, yo, bro. Like, I'm going to be double Dale-o. Basically... James. Oh, that like hurt my stomach when you said that. <laughs> uh, and so Chip's like, I'm going to make a James Bond movie without you. And then Chip's like, yo, dude, you're stupid. 
Like, you're going to break up the band? He's like, yeah, man, like, I'm totally going to do that. Watch me succeed without you. And so he goes on his dandy way. And years later, the show is no more. Chip's got his own, like, work. He's employee of the year every year, which is commendable. They act like that guy wasn't working hard. He got employee of the year every year at his law firm, whatever thing he was every, doing. Every single month, even. Yeah. I'm like, bro, we should not be bagging on those people who succeed like that, right? Anyway, so Chip's doing well, but he's like, I'm not quite satisfied. My dog, it's not working out. I leave my dog all the time. This dog's huge, first of all. And yeah, he's got this pet dog. Anyway, minor details, doesn't even matter. So <laughs> Yeah, you can like pick up the face if you want. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. I'll go I'll go with the reader's digest. You don't even need to know this crap. Essentially, <laughs> Dale's like, yo, I'm not as cool as I thought I was. And then in the news, Flounder gets abducted and gets destroyed by Eraser. And every kid that watches this is going to have nightmares because Flounder is like dead, right? Yeah. So essentially. Not even dead, deformed. Like that's even worse, kind of. And they show the whole thing like, Flounder, bro. Like that's sad. Anyway. Some kids were probably still, I don't know. Do kids still watch The Little Mermaid? Is that too old for kids? I don't know what kids do now. I don't know either. I think the Little Mermaid's probably too long for them in their TikTok brain. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't put it in our TikTok videos. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to go even faster than this, okay, right? So Chip and Dale get back together because they heard something sus is going on. They go to this evil lair. Um, Seth Rogen's there acting like a buffoon. Says the obvious thing. He's like, I'm done with this movie. Um, Peter Pan's behind this whole thing. He's like, no one wanted me because maybe I wasn't good at my job. But no, he's like, I'm going to take every character and turn him into like this uh, bootleg movie. And Chip and Dale have to escape the bootleg movie while they're working with this independent black woman who later <laughs> on they think is going to be bad. She's a cop, but you know. Yeah, she's a cop, but you know. <laughs> Shout out to her. She tried very hard with no help. Literally. She was like on a bungee jump without the rope. That's basically how she was with this movie. <laughs> um, essentially, um, yeah, I don't even know. They keep running away and they find out that like, oh, shoot, we know how to stop them because this stuff is crazy. And you just see a bunch of characters that you kind of know. Jimmy Neutron's head is in this movie. Like, come on, Blue. Yeah, he, like, totes got killed. Yeah, Jimmy Neutron got killed, bro. Brain blasted, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Blue the Bear has a singing career. I just wanted to die at that point. I'm like, this is so awful. Oh. Ugly, ugly Sonic is yeah. in this movie. That's right. I think I lost half my brain when he shows up every time on the scene. <laughs> he's like a big plot element because he's doing a, uh, got a TV show deal with the FBI. Yeah. Because he's so ugly. And then he actually leads the FBI in at the end, which is what ultimately saves the day. So you actually cannot take Ugly Sonic out of this movie. He's not a joke character. He's a real character in this he, movie. He's a real character. Basically, Peter Pan gets destroyed. He's more of a character than uh, Gadget and, um, what's his bucket? The Dangerous. Zipper. Well, definitely a bigger character than him. He just gets captured. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so Monterey so Jack is just not even worthwhile in this movie. I like Chase, my... <laughs> It's the way I like Chase. <laughs> that was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> anyway, um, Peter Pan, Panny Poo. 
That's what we're going to call him. It's too early for this game. Uh, we're never going to survive this. Um, so, essentially, he gets destroyed by his own thing. He turns into this robo-monster that's chased after Chip and Dale. After Chip and Dale have three different breakup scenes where they get back together. It was painful. Anyway, it all leads up to this moment. And, like, through the magic of Ugly Sonic and teamwork... Um, <laughs> Um, cat dude, uh, gets arrested after shooting Dale. Dale should have been ripped in half, essentially. And with the bullet, yeah. Yeah, with the bullet. And then, um, they figure out that friendship is everything they needed. And they meet up with the whole squad. The whole squad gets back together and they ride out in the sunset. And I just want to punch a wall. It's about right. Yeah. And my head hurts. Right. My head hurts from this movie. So that's the synopsis for ya. It's uh it's not great. It's yeah. It's painful. It's painful. <laughs> um I must say highlights. I'll I'll start out with the highlights cuz there's like none. So might as well get them get them out of the way. Um the puppet dude, I like the puppet dude, okay? I liked him. <laughs> All right. There's a there's a puppet who basically acts as like a fake Swedish chef on the quote-unquote wrong side of the tracks, which is a very hammer to head visual gag that they decide to use and he basically sells contraband but when you show up he's this scandinavian cheese seller with a very over-the-top accent a la the swedish chef uh but then as soon as dale says oh you know knock it off we're here to buy your contraband he's like oh come with me and he has like the deep voice and that's a joke i guess <laughs> i guess i just like when his eyebrows fold down he's like you look like sus bro. <laughs> That's what his Instagram name should be, sus bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. So that was a highlight. I enjoyed that. Um, that was Keegan-Michael Key, by the way. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I respect that. Um, uh, I did slightly appreciate the effort to have some nostalgic. I enjoyed the VHSs, the um the Jordans in the back. Um that's about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like What was I, the other things that you laughed at in the movie? Oh, oh um Yeah, go ahead. No, go you go. Okay. <laughs> Tell everybody. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> um the battering ram, I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I laughed at that. Yeah, there, there's there's a scene where they're like bring out the battering rams and they're just rams, like actual rams in cop uniforms. I I like that. It's a it's a visual gag. Yeah. I try to remember. I think there were two things that I found somewhat amusing, and I can't remember the first one, but the second one was when um the cop lady uh Ellie says to her boss uh J.K. Simmons, aka Captain Putty, "You're better than this" to try to g get him back on side, and he just goes, "No, I'm not." In just, yes. like, the flattest way possible. And I was like, well, the setup wasn't great, but the delivery was excellent because it's freaking J.K. Simmons and he can yeah. do no wrong. I'm like, in a different movie, that would have actually probably made me laugh. It was, a, it was a good... Yeah. It made me want more of the movie to be like that. Like, just really... Yes. Cards on the table. Because apparently yes. this movie kind of started out as a spiritual successor to uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which makes sense because it has tunes and people living in shared spaces but mm -hmm. it doesn't have that same level of self-awareness as it should i think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah i agree um honestly like that's sad to say like uh 
I know what they're trying to do, like the whole buddy thing, but the voice actor is like, I'm sorry, like they put no heart into any of their dialogues ever. You know, just... I, you know, I have to say, I didn't like Dale's character that much, which we can get into, but Andy Samberg, mm -hmm. I don't think did a bad job with what he was working with. I believed what he said. I didn't like his character, but I believed that yeah. he believed that he was like that. That's fair. Like Andy Samberg, I feel like you could put him in a kid's TV show as a character who is just happy-go-lucky and kind of stupid and he'd really sell it. Mm -hmm. Like I mm -hmm. didn't have any complaints about his performance. John Mulaney though. Oh, so so his direction as his character as Chip is supposed to be kind of the rolling eyes straight man type who's just like frustrated by the fact that he has to work with this idiot all the time but he cares too little about the situations that he's in pretty much at all times <laughs> and every single element of dialogue room just sounds like he's rolling his eyes and waiting for the recording session to be over like dale you know our friend has been kidnapped <laughs> it's like, well, pretend like you care, please. <laughs> yeah, and it's just so hard because, like, at least when I watch the original Chippendales, and I've seen quite a few of them, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's some kind of charm there. There's a charm that they have, you know what I mean? Like, because they go through their kind of antics and you want them to succeed in a way. These guys, I could care less. Like, they could lose this battle and I could care less. Like, I don't... No, that's I not even want... true because you were rooting for Dale's death the entire time we were watching this movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's not not care. That's... I want them to be dead. Okay, well, I, I don't want them to succeed. Okay, that's like... That is like the extreme opposite of succeeding there. <laughs> that is like... Complete... <laughs> That's complete fan. What I'm saying is this movie, I wanted them to suck compared to the original Chippendales who I wanted them to do well. That tells you something. Yeah, it's not, it's not that hard, right? Like, no. to make characters that you want to root to succeed, it's just called making them fun and enjoyable. <laughs> oh, man. And there, I think the thing that overloads me the most is just how many references this movie has mm -hmm. like i can't even i can't even digest one like there's <laughs> 29 billion oh yeah absolutely but that brings it back into um who framed roger rabbit and if i may go into yeah very briefly why this doesn't work as a who framed roger rabbit spiritual sequel and who framed roger rabbit it had a story to tell Yes. The story was people is go are going around like killing tunes. Who did it? It looks like it's Roger Rabbit, but he's obviously kind of like a bouncy idiot. So it's a noir film about trying to solve this case, right? Yes. That's the actual story. The actual story is a murder mystery. But the backdrop, the setting is this really interesting, never before seen world about you know, tunes and humans living together and it's bridging the gap between like what you see on TV with the rubber hose characters and Bugs Bunny and all that. That's real. And mm. that leads to a lot of the humor of it. But in reality, you could take that out of the movie and you would still have a fairly similar movie because what the movie is actually about is the issues with having marginalized groups in society and how that leads to stereotyping and uh, issues with the police department. People are quick to make assumptions about and things like that. 
that's the bulk of the movie. It's a, it's an actual political commentary. It's a social commentary on our society, but it does it mm. in a very cheeky, fun, and enjoyable way. Yeah. This movie is none of those things. This movie is just a, hey, look at that. Hey, have you seen that? Hey, look at this. Hey, have you seen this? Every element of Who Framed Roger Rabbit was there for a reason. And you could even say, mm. like, you know, there's some cheeky stuff that goes on, like the whole Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse chatting with each other. That adds flavor text to the universe. It's like, oh, these characters mm. who belong to different studios really know each other, they're friends, whatever. And there's a lot of background characters that you will recognize in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But that's just icing on the cake. That's just world building. That's not the premise of the movie. For this movie, <laughs> the premise of the movie is just, there's animation, in, but it's real, sort of. The end. That's the entire movie. Like, it's so bad. Like, you can't... There isn't a real story here. It's just trying to make you look at stuff. Like, it's basically for babies, but the movie's too scary for actual babies. <laughs> and that's depressing. <laughs> but I can't imagine anyone else but babies getting enjoyment out of this because anyone with, like, an adult brain could realize that this is pandering at best. And it, it's, like, kind of... I guess you could say it's trying to say something about society and how, like, we keep on doing these reboots and sequels and Comic-Con, but it doesn't say anything about that. Like, Peter Pan's whole bootleg enterprise that he's doing doesn't fit into the theming, really. It, it's like, okay, so people are going to continue to buy what they know forever, but the movie never stops and looks at the camera and goes, why don't you want something unique? Like, we want to build you something unique. But they could never actually say that because it's Disney. And they literally, their entire business model is just selling you the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. You can't make a movie <laughs> and despise what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, that's cheating. Like, you can't be like, hey... We know we're making stupid reboots, but since we called it out, it's all good. And on top of that, we're going to make it a whole movie that's about the thing that's our biggest criticism. Like, it's like digging your own grave and being it's like... It's not even that because digging your own grave would imply that, like, the issue is, is that you're saying... Okay, so Disney also did this before. They did this with Dumbo, the Dumbo reboot that they let Tim Burton do for some reason. Do you remember that? Oh, No one yes. watched that movie. But nope. that movie actually was, if anyone had seen it, they would know that it was digging their own grave. Because the entire plot of that movie is that there's a, a circus that has a rich guy who's like just trying to sell entertainment. And the whole mm -hmm. premise of that movie is rich guy selling entertainment bad. Because he's trying to franchise the circus and he's pushing everyone too hard to try to franchise the circuit. It's essentially just Walt Disney. He's trying to like build a theme park with the circus and he's pushing everyone too hard and he's a bad man. That is Disney not understanding that they're like literally digging in their own grave and saying like, we're the bad guys. I don't know if you knew this yet. This movie could have been that. If it actually said anything, but it says nothing. There's nothing that this movie says. Yeah. It, it's just references. This is essentially the Ready Player One of Dune movies. It's just like, <laughs> here, look at a thing. Cool, I saw that. Like, the like how we were talking about how the background jokes were the best part of the movie, because throughout the movie they have, like, these signs, these movie poster signs for, like, 
just the cheapest crap, like, that you know that you've seen before, like, Batman versus E.T. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, that's another thing. And <laughs> Mr. Doubtfire. <laughs> um, what were some of the other ones? They were really good. Yeah. Oh. But those were the funniest parts of the movie because they actually were jokes. Like, yeah. yeah, this is what Hollywood does now is it just spins its wheels. But the the premise of the movie, if it really was trying to have the moral be stop buying the same crap over and over again or it's sad that our society is getting to the place that the only way you can make money is either by rebooting old films or bootlegging them so that people feel comfortable with them which is an interesting premise in of itself like i'm not gonna lie because it's true Mm -hmm. what the moral of the story should have been was chip and dale need to move on Mm. but that's not the moral of the story the moral of the story is Oh, good job, guys. Now maybe you're finally going to get that reboot. And they do. Because that's the montage at the end. They all get the reboot. So what was the point? I don't know. Friendship? We can be friends again? Yeah, like but that... that... Who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Who cares? Because what Peter Pan is trying to install... What is Peter Pan's goal at the end of the day? Because, like, for everything uh antagonist gives, the protagonist has to, like prove that it's not like what is peter pan's character the guy that plays peter pan what is he trying to say and how does chippendale resolve it they don't like all that his plan is falls flat like there's no there's no reason any of what he did mattered at the end of the day well but that was kind of the thing though is that his so peter peter pan's story arc in this movie is that he was a kid who played Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And then as he got older, um, he, like, couldn't get roles anymore and he had terrible acne. And then everybody was like, no, we don't want you to perform anymore. So then he became bitter and alone and then decided to create, to, to run a, a gang, I guess, like a mafia ring type of thing and (laughs) when his clients didn't and he like targeted actors and then when his clients didn't pay up he would use plastic surgery or laser surgery to turn them into bootlegs (laughs) of either themselves because for that's what i didn't get because for flounder he turned flounder into a bootleg of himself and i was like that's dumb because at that point you could just use real flounder in your bootlegs so like what's the point (laughs) Right. right But then he turned, like, the other tunes into bootlegs of other things? Like, they had Pete. Like, what's his name? Pir- what's what's what Pete's name? The pirate guy. The the cat from Go- Goofy Movie. Oh, um... Something Pete. Oh, yeah, Pete. I don't know what his last name is. He has some kind of name. But, like, they turned to him into, like... They had him play Aladdin in Peter Pan's Aladdin bootleg. And I'm like, why... Yeah. Why would you do that? Because he doesn't look anything like Aladdin. It's the same thing with with, uh, Moderate Jack. They had him play Dumbo in the movie. And I'm like, yeah, sure, on the surface. Like, the visuals are... It's a gag, right? Like, that's funny. Right. But... There, but why? Like, how, that's not making him more money. If you saw a picture of Dumbo, the baby elephant with a beard, you wouldn't immediately go, oh, yeah, that's that's what I want. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fly, make Flounder the elephant, because at least he's got, like, a baby face. I don't know. Like, it's really weird. Yeah, like, like how is 
Peter Pan actor dude making any money. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, mostly just out of spite, I think. I guess so. I guess. I mean, I just don't see, like... Is he trying to prove that this stuff is actually good and people watch it? Or this stuff is just bad? You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, let's let's just address this while we're on the subject of the Peter Pan kid. Is that the guy who played Peter Pan, Bobby Driscoll, actually was fired from Disney for having bad acne during puberty? Hmm. Like, that's a thing that actually happened, so... Uh, Good job, Disney, for either not remembering that you actually did that for such a petty reason, that you did ruin a kid's life for this reason. But, and also, like, that's pretty mean to put that into your film for, like, a joke character. Yeah, like, that's a real thing, and the people that probably watched that were like, or like the descendants at least are like, wow, you just literally let that slip yeah some some like 60 year old man or 70 year old man is watching like like heard about this and was like that was my dad dude <laughs> yeah and they just they just don't go into any detail like first of all again it's you can't sympathize for it because it's literally two seconds by the next scene they're running away he's like now i'm gonna get you guys and then i'm like i don't remember half the stuff he said because he was so blazing fast and then i'm like okay well and here's the issue with with i think this movie and like kind of trying to do again i hesitate to call it parody because parody implies that it's trying to say something i guess but you know i guess parody i don't know but but something like this like a kind of a joke movie Mm. um self-aware they're trying to do like a self-aware movie they're not actually trying to tell a story they're more trying to do a comedy with a bunch of jokes uh, breaking the fourth wall and all that is that so much of this movie I can't quite figure out what is meant to be taken seriously in the world because mm. it's a bunch of tunes all hanging out so there has to be some kind of society that like works right mm. within it mm-hmm. there has to be like stuff that's that's logical to the universe and then also like what is just thrown in as a bit like, again, like what we're talking about, like Peter Pan's whole character kind of falls apart because we don't really understand what he's doing or why he's doing it. I mean, he kind of seems to flip flop back and forth between whether he's doing it out of spite, um, which is fair because like that was pretty cruel that Disney did to a real person. And again, don't do this kind of crap, Disney. Don't put real people's stories into your... This is what they did with the with um, Mary Poppins. Yes. Where they're like, they they retold that whole story, but at the end they made the writer be like, oh, I actually really like this version, Disney, but in real life she hated it. Don't tell real people in your movies. Like, don't do it. Especially not like this where you're just legitimately making fun of him. So, I can't tell if it's out of spite, which is fair. It's still played off as a joke that he would be spiteful about what Disney did to him. But whatever. Or if he's doing it for just to make money, which is fair too. Like make up, have him have a premise. Like what is he doing? Why is he doing it? Are are you trying to offset him with Chip and Dale? Are they supposed to be foils to each other? Because like that's what I thought that they were going for. Is like, oh, they're both washed up actors. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I used to be you. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Or like this sense of like you'll never get back into the limelight. Like you'll never be in the spotlight ever again. This mm-hmm. is going to be reality. Is ending up like me, right? At least, at least 
That's so easy to write. They don't even have that. <laughs> no, they didn't, because they kind of have that bit at the end where Chip and Dale are trying to buy time before they get turned into horrific body horror monstrosities. Yeah. And they're like, oh, dude, don't do this, because, like, we understand. We also uh, had a TV show that failed or whatever. And he's like, you guys are terrible actors. And again, <laughs> it's prioritizing the joke over anything that could have been vaguely interesting. Which is fine. It's a comedy. But it's a comedy that does, that kind of refuses to say anything. Like, there's no morals here. There's no character development, again, like, except for, for babies. Like, if this was a Disney kids show, then I'd be like, like, if this was Disney Junior and the Chip and Dale plot, just them. Like, having to make amends and realize that they loved each other. That's a Disney Junior plot line. And then overlaid on top of that are all these, like, really uncomfortable adult jokes and body horror and, again, making fun of a real person that you screwed over. It's just uncomfy, I guess. Like, the whole movie yeah. is just uncomfortable. There's just elements of real-life hurt that is scraped by for a joke that's not even good two seconds later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to digest everything that's happening all at once is so hard. It's it's brain overload with nothing to say. Like, that's how I feel the whole time. I'm like, so much is being done, but nothing is worth anything. It's so, like, jumbled. And I think the only way you can really... Like you were saying, perfect with... um you know, the Roger Rabbit thing is that, like they said, they had a story to tell. And like you're saying, everything that is around that world was just to have that momentary satisfaction. But the story kept going. Mm -hmm. Like, like you're saying, the whole problem with this dumb movie is that everything that's worth anything is not like the thing that they want you to laugh about is not even funny. So what else does this movie have? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's crazy. And that's the thing. It's like at the end of the day, like, why would you watch this movie it's like how you kept saying when we were watching it it's like <laughs> who who's this for who who is who's watching this because i mean for kids again there's so much crazy body horror and intense scenes yeah and jokes that wouldn't land for kids and references that wouldn't land for kids but <laughs> if you're yeah. older then like the story is not there it's not you can't really track what's going on most of the time mm -hmm. the the characters are kind of in the story and the plot lines are thrown under the bus for the sake of some cheap jokes it's like um like when we were watching the movie together and they started like setting up the fact that um ellie would like betray them by having her be like a quote-unquote mega fan even though she's quite young uh mm. she can't pick her favorite episode it didn't air in her area of the country, like the show didn't, which doesn't make any sense because she grew up in Albany, New York, and I'm fairly <laughs> certain that they have cable television over there. <laughs> like, like, really? Like, they could never grow up in, like, in the middle of Nebraska or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what? I'm like, that's... Albany, New York? That's that's the state capital. That's the capital <laughs> of New York. Like, what's wrong with you people? But they set this all up and, and me being like, oh, this is a TV, this is a movie for children, right? Because it's rated PG and it's got a stupid plot. <laughs> so I was like, okay, it's for it's for kids. So I'm just like, oh, well, they're setting the clues so that, like, you know, kids can start understanding how logic works. But no, they, they have Chip be like, oh, I followed the clues and it's obviously her. Well, at that point there's 40 minutes left in the movie. And it's like, well, obviously it's not her now. So then they just make it the police chief 
J.K. Simmons? Yeah. And I was like, that's cool. Because he kept being like, oh, when he said I should join his evil establishment, I was like, oh, it's too cliche, but ha, oh, here I am. And that's fine, but it doesn't make sense. Like, you never set any of that up. And I think that's my least favorite thing about this movie, is it kind of straddles the line between an actual, like, a, a movie with a plot and just, like, a full-out, like, robot chicken sketch with, like, parody elements, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't, but like, it's never consistent either way. So you're just like, you just feel disappointed no matter what it does. Like when it decides to actually be a film for children, you're like, oh, that's not interesting. But then when it decides to like throw a curveball and be like, ha ha, you thought we'd be a film for children, but we're actually a parody movie. And you're like, that's not fun either. (laughs) It's like, pick up. Pick a lane. This movie decided to do 27 lanes, and they did them all half-heartedly. And I think what is difficult is because, even though in a way we've never seen anything like this, we've seen elements of this better. Like, I was thinking about Night of the Museum 2, right? Which yes. I really liked. I really liked that movie a lot. It's a movie full of, like, references to history. And I don't even know half the history, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a history whiz. But the thing I liked about it is every character that showed up had its moment of glory and then just left. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And this movie is literally just for, like, show. And then just, like, it's like the whole movie stops to break the fourth wall. And they're like, all right, we got to go back into this thing. And I'm like, no, we spent 20 minutes breaking the fourth wall. Now we have to go back into this plot we forgot about. Like, it's... It's exhausting. I like I just cannot stress how exhausting this movie is to try to keep up with the oh look at this joke. Oh look at that joke. And I I just wish there was a moment where there was some heart in this movie. And you could say, oh, Chip and Dale becoming friends and Chip realizing that he needs to be ambitious again and Dale needs to get over his ego, but I don't know. Did you care about that? I didn't. Well, that's the thing, too, is that what you're talking about, like, Chip and Dale don't really have super consistent characters either. Like, <laughs> no. it kind of goes back to the to the main issue I have with this movie, which is that they've decided to... Okay. They decided to take these characters that have established characters in this show. And mm-hmm. they're very simplistic because it's a show for kids, and that's fair, right? It's like, okay, here's here's Chip. He's the smart one. He's brave. He's mature. He's optimistic. He's gung-ho. He yes. does what he does, right? He's yes. the Indiana Jones adventurer type, but excitable. Mm-hmm. Then you have Dale, who's kind of, like, laid back and chill. A little bit silly sometimes, a little stupid. But, like, for the most part, he's got a good heart, and he also really wants to help, right? And he's going to get into trouble a lot, but such is this character, Right, right. You have those two, and then you have you have Gadget, you have Monterey Jack, you have um, the, the the buzzy guy's name I'll never remember, and, <laughs> and they go on adventures together. But this movie immediately starts off and goes, okay, all that stuff not real. So now you're not hanging out with Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. You're hanging out with two characters named Chip and Dale, who are <laughs> I guess similar to their characters, but you don't really know how they're supposed to respond. I mean, like, for starters, Chip isn't the optimistic one. He's sad and pessimistic all the time. He doesn't want to be an adventurer. He was an actor, and now he's an insurance salesman. Right. And he doesn't like anything, really. And then Dale is just, I guess, he's an idiot. 
but he's also like a selfish, narcissistic idiot. So like he's not even as lovable as he is in the TV show. Yeah. So you're dealing with that. So first of all, you have to learn two new characters. You can't remember the old ones. You're two new characters. And sometimes they'll coincide with their, their characters in the TV show, but that's more just random. That's not them. And so Ooh. you're trying to get to know them as people. And then they continually like just do odd things as the show needs them to do. Like the the whole scene where Dale has to watch the episode to remember what happened in it when Ellie's finally like when she's kidnapped and she's trying to send him a message and she's like, oh, my favorite show was whatever this was. And he's like, oh, that one was okay, but I don't really remember it. And then his friends are literally like going to die slash be turned into abomination horrors. And so he just decides to like sit down and watch the episode of this TV show. And then he's like, ha ha. Oh, yeah, that was a good episode. Oh, shoot. I almost forgot about my friends being turned into abomination horrors. Oh, Thai food was something one of the characters liked in this episode. That means that Ellie's tied up. And then he, like, knows that they're in danger, but, like, they're already dead. It's been, like, it's been, like, 15 minutes at the very least if he didn't watch the episode before that one on the same date. <laughs> You can't really fast forward VHSs very well. No, and he you. didn't. He watched through the whole thing because he wasn't watching through it to get the clue. He was watching through it because he just like was like, I don't know, I guess I better watch it. But that's the thing. It's like up until this point, Dale wasn't that much of an idiot. He still had a sense of like timing and a desire to like get somewhere. Yes, it was for his own fame and for his own like you know, getting himself back into the limelight and stardom, but he still wanted to do that. He still was excited by the prospect of adventure to the point where he was being stupid about it and not protective. And now all of a sudden when his friends are literally in danger and he's like, my best friend is going to be turned into abomination horror. Now he sits <laughs> down and he's like, I gotta watch this episode because shoot, man, I don't remember every aspect of it. <laughs> it's like, but is that his character? Not that I've seen. Yeah. Oh, that is such a good point. Yeah. And that's the trippy thing about it is because you're trying to learn, yeah, who Chip and Dale are as actors, not the characters that you know. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, yo, we're their characters. And then I'm just like, yeah, it just confuses. Yeah. I never really noticed, but now I really noticed that how much that is confusing throughout the whole movie. It, it is. And and then that's the thing with, uh, with Gadget, too, because, like, then... You know, Dale gets into his car and tries to turn it on and it doesn't work. And he's like, oh, I guess I'll go visit Gadget. But Gadget's like an actual mechanic in this universe. Why isn't she an actress? Why is she also a mechanic? That doesn't actually make any sense. And they like do a throwaway line like, oh, it's really silly how I'm actually my character. And I'm like, no, you don't get to say that because this is just lazy writing. Uh -huh. Because all of this could have been fixed. Frick flex, we watch bad movies, we try to fix them. If you were to just have Chip and Dale be... The Rescue Rangers. Thank you. All right. Let's fix this whole movie right now. Because then all of a sudden, you have two characters that you actually know, and they can be old and still, you know, and Chip can still be curmudgeonly and still like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. But then you actually have the payoff of him learning how to be himself again. Because in this movie, mm. Chip doesn't go from being like, a sad version of himself to his real self, a.k.a. Chip the Rescue Ranger, he goes from being a sad version of himself to a sad delusional version of himself who thinks he's a Rescue Ranger. But it's not real! Oh. Uh, that is so sad. I know. You know, like, in... Wait, wait, sorry, really fast. You know in Toy Story 2, when Andy realizes that Woody's arm is torn, and he goes, uh-oh, 
<laughs> I don't want to play with you anymore. That's that's my state of being right now. That's how I feel. Uh, that's so true. Like, ugh, that'd be like if you had Alvin the Chipmunks. Yeah. And shout out to the fact this movie referenced the Chipmunks, which is a superior franchise, let me two, tell you. Two times. Honestly, I'm sorry, man. That movie came out in 2007. All the animation in Alvin the Chipmunks is better than, like, anything but the background animation in this movie. I'm sorry. It just is. Big facts. Big facts. But but it just imagine Alvin the Chipmunks and none of the characters are anything the same. Like, imagine if Alvin is just some soy boy loser who has no <laughs> ambition. <already> <laughs> Yeah, he kind of is one, but at least by the third movie, bro, he's a soy boy loser. I'm like, this is painful. But I'm just saying, if you had those characters that you knew and love, and they were nothing like they were, yeah, you'd be like, I'm not watching Alvin and the Chipmunks. This is this is this is phony, and that is what this movie is. It's just phony, and and literally the only reason that I can like think that the, that they put this in is just so that they could reference Roger Rabbit and the fact that Roger Rabbit is an actor. Yeah. But here's the problem, is that we don't know who Roger Rabbit is at the beginning mm. of the movie. We learn who he is throughout the course of the story as a person. In this uh. one, it hinges more or less on the fact that we know who Chip and Dale are. Yes. But if you yes. know who Chip and Dale are, the characters, it's not going to help you with Chip and Dale, the characters in this movie. <laughs> You're right. And you don't learn anything about them, really. Because, again, as we stated before, it's just random how much of them are characters or not. <laughs> it's so random, man. It, it hurts. It hurts. And, I, I mean, you could still make the same references to the idea of being like washed up and like your dreams weren't entirely like made together like they're still famous in this universe let's say but they're famous as the rescue rangers but then they like you know had a falling out and like things didn't work or whatever and now they're just hanging out or they got too old or the jobs dried up or whatever you want to call it and that's that would have been a better premise because then when they get back together, it's like, oh, let's rebuild what we already had and let's make ourselves the rescue rangers again. Just one more time, one more one more mission. Because when it's told like this, again, it, it kind of ruins what they might be trying to say, which again goes back to this idea mm. of everything is the same and no one, there are only reboots, there are only rehash, there is no future. And honestly, mm -hmm. I think that this movie has a very nihilistic conclusion because what it says is, yes, that is true. There are only bootlegs. There are only repeats. There are only things that you've seen before. There is no future. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even fix their own problem that they're criticizing. That's the point I was trying to make is the fact that this movie is just like, we're going to prove our own point by making a movie that... In the movie itself, we're despising the movie we're literally making yeah. in the real world. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't. That doesn't like fix fix anything. No. Uh, and then, and then, of course, in the movie, they have. Oh gosh, they're making fun of so much in this movie, like so much animation, like the old like motion capture style animation with the, mm -hmm. the axe wielder, who's one of uh, Peter Pan's henchmen. Yeah. And, uh, they they have like the the weird like oh in the early two thousands everything was like super uncanny and stuff. But they can't even animate. So stop making fun of other people's animations, Disney. 
Because you suck. You yeah. suck at animation. They do now. What happened? I don't know. It's not even a joke. It's just, that's a bad animation. And, like, one of the craziest things was when they had, like, Pumbaa the, from the live-action Lion King standing on, who's played by um, Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. And then he's on yeah. top of Seth Rogen, the, the henchman who's like has the bad mocap. And he's like, what are you looking at? And he's like, your cold, dead eyes. And I'm like, Pumbaa, you have cold, dead eyes because <laughs> the live-action Lion King is badly animated. Sorry. Why did we have DreamWorks characters in this movie? Like, that's insane. They have the blob from from Monsters vs. Aliens. Yeah. Like, what is happening? Because because Disney bought those so that they could be Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But you know what Who Framed Roger Rabbit had? Actual commentary. There's a scene in the movie where they mm-hmm. have Betty Boop waiting tables at a bar. And the whole idea is, is that she's a washed-up actress because nowadays... Everything's in color, and she's still in black and white. Oh. That's it. That's the commentary, guys. That's how you do commentary. And yeah, it's kind of funny. It's also kind of sad. But it's done respectfully, and it's done in a way that, like, a human being would do it if they were intelligent and wanted to say a thing. Yeah. Like, the whole Seth Rogen, like, oh, Seth Rogen has four different characters. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Nothing. Just four people sound like Seth Rogen. Like, you could have made that a joke. You could have had... I don't even know That'd how you could make team. that a joke. Yeah, like a team can... of Seth Rogen alikes. Sure, yeah. They could be a whole team of Seth Rogen alikes who all, like, go around as a group. That's... At least that's something. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's just like these th- four random characters show up and don't even acknowledge that their voices are the same. Like... What is reality? Like, if I heard a guy that sounded exactly like me, I wouldn't just be like, oh, hey, okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> it, yeah, well, I mean, a lot of that movie's like that. Like, yes. Th- so much of this movie is, like, people just don't react the way that you would expect them to react. Like, there isn't enough world building around here so that you can actually, like, say it. Again, I feel like it's, like, 99% just dumb jokes with no logic to them. It's just like, oh, it's funny because they all have the same voice, but it's like... Well, is there any reality to this universe? Exactly. Exactly. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I think it's, I think it's sad that Disney made this and they're making fun of the fact that they made this when they didn't even need to. Like, there's no pride in making fun of the thing that you're now creating and now trying to push as successful. Like how, like think how scummy is that? They make a trash movie, they say it's trash, and then they try to flip the script and say, since we're so aware of how trash it is, it's actually a masterpiece. Yeah. I can't, that's why I can't stand this movie, is how egotistical Disney's become to the point where they're like, we can make crap, and we'll know you watch it. On top of that, we'll make a movie about how that is the whole premise of the movie. Like, mind-blowing to me. I think that's the saddest thing is like this is a movie that it, it's so cynical and it mm. but it's not cynical in like a fun way it's just cynical in like a lazy way like it's <laughs> here just pointing out everything yeah. that's wrong with society while while doing it it's like watching a fat guy eat chips on your couch and you're just watching them fall into the couch cushions and the entire time he's laughing at you because you're gonna have to sit on the broken chips that he's leaving there <laughs> And you're like, I, I will. That's the saddest thing is that I will. 
fat man axe the mouse. Let's leave this place. Let's leave this place forever. We're done. Dude, bro. Like, I can't. I I have no respect for Disney after that, man. I'm serious. Like, that that hurt. And on top of that, they're sitting in the corner going, haha. But guess what? You still watched it, didn't you? Yeah. You still watched it. You still did. You still watched it. And, and I'm here being like, was that worth my anything? Well, we probably got a pretty good freak flicks on our hands, I guess. <laughs> I, but... hope so. I hope so. <laughs> okay, let's actually get back into uh, okay. how we fix okay. this, this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you want, like, because I'm thinking we n- scrap everything I witness. <laughs> And, sh- <laughs> and just literally make a Chippendale movie that's actually Chippendale. That would be really fun. The- yeah, the actual show. And what makes it interesting is maybe, like, because you could still have a live action. But what if you had it where the, you know Chippendale, but everybody that's around them are fresh new characters that you don't really know. Played by famous actors, right? Okay, yeah. It's a live action movie. It's like Anchorman, basically, but with all these famous actors, right? But then Chip and Dale are also there as well. Yeah. But th- these famous actors are playing actual characters that you can sympathize. They're not just, oh, here is, you know, um, Kevin Hart. Oh, here's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Here's Seth Rogen. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're actually playing genuine characters. So you have the appeal of having the celebrity... But you're actually going to try to make a semi-decent story. But it's like everybody that's around them are around this Chip and Dale story, which can't be that hard. Like, what would be funny about it is like, um, okay, like um, Jumanji, the new Jumanji, right? Yes. You know those movies? Yeah, from, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Just stick Chip and Dale in that idea or that realm of reality. Just stick them in there. And all of a sudden you have, you at least have a movie where they're actually Chip and Dale you can actually appreciate who Chip and Dale are. Like, throughout this movie, you don't appreciate them because they're not Chip and Dale. And they're nostalgic about characters who, like you said, don't exist. It's weird. So that's how I would fix it. And, like, the comedy, like, I don't know. It's, I feel like I'm not a very good comedy writer. I'm more like I could project an idea of what comedy is more than I could ever write it. So I don't, I honestly don't feel like, I don't even feel like that's in my realm. Like, I don't even know how to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm more improv, man. You know what I'm saying? Just go. Um, just go. But could you see that though? Could you see a, a world where that Chippendale Rescue Rangers could be live action? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it could be kind of interesting. Either a live action or you just go like full animation and you put them in a world like the goofy movie where it's like all all these tunes are here but like that's who exists are the tunes yeah you could still keep a a similar kind of plot line like to the idea that they're famous but now they're kind of older Mm. and they've been Mm -hmm. trying to move on with their lives i kind of i didn't really mind the idea that dale is still trying to like go to conventions and like drum up the fame of being a celebrity i thought that that kind of worked for whatever character that they were doing have that going on but then have like kidnappings are going on or something please keep out the body horror i didn't really get that but you know what i mean yeah you know yeah we're, we're gonna have to go at it again and chip's like no but like right. we have lives and also like we should actually this up to the authorities we were young we were stupid let's do better this time but then they get 
dragged into it. You could still have like all the humor. You could even have a lot of the meta commentary, like this idea mm. of what it's like to kind of grow up and and move on. Mm. Like I feel like the idea of there's a universe where people kind of need to move on from their nostalgia isn't a bad premise for a story. No. You know, like, not in, like, yeah. a weird way. Like, not in, like, a... The Lego movie, right? Oh, yeah. Where the whole premise was, like, oh, you need to let the kids play with it because otherwise you're just gonna have a lonely basement and all your toys are gonna be weird. Not like that, <laughs> but, like, in a way that's more right. aimed at kids where it's, like, hey, sometimes things do end and that's okay because there's always something new and create like sort of this like the entire time they think that it's like the evil you know mob boss cat that's doing everything but that guy is actually reformed and he's like a real sweetheart now and they just can't quite get over it so they keep trying to suspect him yeah. and then it turns out that it's someone it's a new character it's literally a new person doing all the the kidnappings that they'd never heard of before and they're like, oh, that's really crazy because we thought it was going to be the same story, but it's not. Yeah. It would have been cool for Chip's character to, I don't know, because Chip in a lot of ways is like no disrespect to Dale. But I mean, the movie references it where you feel like Chip is on his high horse because he's obviously like kind of the main star of the show. And it would have been it would have been nice to see Chip's character realize I'm not Chip. Like, I'm not chip the character that was what i thought was really weird about it because they kind of make heel turns throughout the movie where they're not sure if chip is supposed to be indiana jones chip or if chip is supposed to be just the level-headed actor part of the duo right because the entire time dale is like Dale sucks, but you know, like he, <laughs> you understand that he like he does feel like he's the lesser half of the two yeah. And he isn't, according to the movie. Yeah. But in his own eyes, he is. And in Chip's eyes, sometimes he is. And sometimes he's not. And I think that's <laughs> where it gets really confusing. Chip sometimes treats him like, oh, you were my dumb writing partner. And I obviously was, like, doing most of the things. And other times he treats him like, hey, we were, like, a team and you betrayed me. Mm, and mm -hmm. I don't really know where they were going with that. Because... It's facts that Dale betrayed Chip because he created this whole other show and didn't tell him about it till the end and didn't invite him into it. But Chip didn't realize that that Dale maybe didn't realize that Dale felt like the lesser partner or maybe did and didn't care. And if they would have actually like hammered that plot point out at all, it would have made their yeah. reconciliation in the end make sense. Mm -hmm. because you can't be chip can't feel like a victim the whole movie and then start apologizing to dale at the end it made no sense no it didn't because really it should have been dale apologizing to chip yeah the way they set it up yeah, yeah. because you think about it the whole premise is like like you think about chip went over to dale or did dale go over to chip i can't remember. i can't remember uh, well it was i think it was dale who ended the the TV show, that was the other thing that, again, it wasn't super clear in the opening. But it seemed like, to me at least, that Dale's... No, 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 Chip Chip went to Dale for companionship. Oh, yeah. At the table. Yes, he did. Yeah, at the table when they were kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So it's well, what I'm saying is what is Chip's motivation? What is Chip's motivation for Dale to leave and say notice me? Because Chip doesn't seem like an egotistical guy in of his actor self. Like for Dale to feel that way and be like, hey, I'm gonna go this other thing, complete feels complete like utter betrayal instead of where you could write it as obviously Chip, you know, he doesn't care about Dale and he doesn't care about Dale as the actor guy too. It would make more sense for them to have that split. It just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No, no, you're right sense. because they don't, they don't actually put those two things together at all. No, no, no. Mm -mm. And that, like, whose fault is it? Is what the movie is trying to ask most. Like, you think about their whole character, like, they're both asking, who's at fault? And they look at each other and go, I don't know. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, is they both kind of seem to blame each other. But also, sometimes Chip seems pretty okay with his his life. And that's what I would do in like the fixed version of this. Mm -hmm. I would have Chip have a super decent life. Yeah. Like, like have him be working as an insurance salesman, like uh, Nathan Drake in Uncharted uh -huh. 4 at the beginning. Right. Yeah. Like he has moments of like, man, I wish I still had action. Like he's a little antsy, but he's like doing yes. super well. And he's got like a beautiful wife. They're happy together. And then have Dale be kind of the odd one out who never really quite fit into the world. Because mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what they were doing is sort of like, well, Dale's kind of like this silly um, comedian type guy who's like not quite fitting into the universe as much as Chip can because Chip is more level-headed and aware of things. And I, I think if you had that, you did that where it's like, okay, Dale has to kind of rely. Instead of making Dale like an abject narcissist, Dale has kind of a, not a great life, but that's in part because he's not super good at living in the real world. Like, he's better with kind of mm. the adventures because he doesn't really know how to, like, get a job as well. Like, he's better at that kind of lifestyle. That's why he runs the circus. Because I, I understand, like, why you would make Dale an abject narcissist. But it, again, like what you said, it doesn't really work with the ending at all. Or really, like... Dale's likability factor. It's it's like what we were no. saying in the middle, like when he's really excited that they get to go on an adventure together. But we were like, well, is he only saying this because he wants his fame back? And in all honesty, yes. the answer just seems to be yes throughout the entire movie. Like there's never a moment where he has a change of heart and goes, you know what? Having you back in my life is more important than fame. Because at the end, it just seems like he's happy to get the gang back together so he can sell a movie and become famous again. Right. Well, it, you don't really believe that what he's saying because like he chucks the phone and I'm like, bro, I don't know if I believe anything you're saying right now. No, that seemed you know more like I mean? an impulse move than an actual change of heart. Because then he's like, oh, I regret that instantly. Which, again, they put jokes before the plot. They put jokes before the characters. That's, like, my biggest yep. pet peeve with, with comedies is when they do that. So it's, like, really hard yep. to take anything except for what you see at face value. So I, don't, I think it was an impulse chuck. I think he's going right back in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. And another thing I was going to say was you could really make the allure that maybe the bootleg life is... Because, obviously, Dale wants to become back into this thing, right? Yeah. Because I didn't like how they're like, oh, we're going to play cops or whatever, or detectives. I'm like, that's so out of their characters. 
They need to figure out what this world is by accident or stumbling upon a role that they thought was going to be good for them. But all of a sudden they're opened up to a whole world of what bootleg is and they have to escape that. Well, and that's, you know what, that's what I'm thinking would be a really cool idea is like, okay, let's say Dale, right? So Chip and Dale were real adventurers, yes. but then they ended up, you know, kind of having a falling out when Chip was like, hey man, I'm, you know, getting too old and also we should probably leave this to the cops. This is getting silly. And Dale yes. was like, okay, but I really love this life, whatever. Yes. You fast forward, Dale at one of the conventions ends up getting slipped a card to join this bootleg thing mm. because they're making these like rescue rangers nostalgic episodes or something yes. where he can play kind of a character that's like himself in real life or it's like you know it's like mm -hmm. a knockoff version of it and at first he's like really excited because he's like oh this will help me get back up to the top i'll become famous again but then he realizes just how dark it goes which, again, would give him more of, like, an, a leg in. It would, again, make him more of, like, a, a relatable character. Yeah. Because you'd understand. It's like, oh, he's, like, legitimately trying to, you know, find his place in the universe because he never did except for when they were doing this thing. So even though this isn't the real thing, it's, like, just sweet enough that maybe mm. he'd be able to get it. And he could work with Monterey Jack in that. And then Monterey Jack ends up, like, ticking off the wrong people and getting pulled and then they have to go and try to save him i think that could be more fun yeah i think so too and i think just just honestly having like just more enjoyable moments where they're representing their characters more authentically mm. um but like what the major thing i would love with this movie is that disney tells us we still value our art they do not, considering how this movie looks, they do not. <laughs> no, because what does that movie tell you? Reboots sell money. And I still, like, I, I still can't get over that. And, like, I would want this movie to go against the grain and say, look, this is metaphorically for themselves as well, right? As much as these reboots might sell, i rather make quality movies at the end of the day. And I wish they would have said that in a way. I wish that whole movie went in that direction for both their characters. I feel like with Dale's character, he's realizing that success doesn't matter if I'm losing who I am and I'm losing all my friends. And I feel like Chip's adventure is getting him himself to realize that maybe this career that he did have was a good thing. And he kind of took it for granted. Mm. And like, even though even though he's excited with his life, he's willing to go back into it to to just acknowledge that that was a part of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and because I feel like he might have just ran away from that instead of seeing that it was actually helping people because you think about it right yeah if chip and dale meant something to somebody it 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 would have been interesting to see chip run away from the responsibility of being a hero to a lot of people yeah i could see it yeah you know what i'm saying and so instead of embracing that he kind of just ran away and then he realized that maybe he does have somewhat of a responsibility to his fan base or giving people at least some acknowledgement of what that meant to them and that would be cool to see him come out of that 
come out of that place and do some work, but also respect his other life that he has as well. And I feel like that would have made a better chip because at least you feel for him. Like this is not something that he loves, but there's there's ability to have a sacrifice where he's you know, acknowledging that this is helpful for his friends and this is also like helpful for his fans as well, if that makes sense. No, that that really does make a lot of sense. I really wish that, like most of the time, again, we always say this, like I would prefer if they didn't go over the top with like explaining too much. But for this one, I really didn't get the sense that Chip had the right kind of arc to him. No. Because like the way that they kind of play Chip and Dale in this movie is they play them like young writers, mm. maybe comedic actors slash writers, like, you know, just two guys like trying to put together like a sketch comedy show or whatever. That kind of lends an element of silliness to his character that I think, as you said, they never really acknowledge the fact that that's a part of him. He seems kind of more embarrassed by it, which is fair, because as you grow up, you know, you kind of look back and go... Yeah, I remember when we were kids and we used to do this kind of nonsense, but, like, now, not so much. But mm -hmm. they never really, like, bring that forward with his character, so you just kind of sit there feeling like, okay, so obviously they're making jokes about the fact that his life isn't perfect. Like, oh, he never got married. He's, like, really obsessed mm -hmm. with his dog. He hates the fact that he gets Employee of the Month every month because... He's just too good at it. But that never has any payoff. There's never a moment when he's like, hey, man, I really loved writing with you. I loved the jokes. I loved trying to create this world together. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because they focus so much on the idea of like, oh, we need this reboot. And Dale's like, oh, we need this reboot so I'm famous again. But there's never a moment where Chip gets to sit down and go, I would love to do this because I loved working with you and I loved exercising that creative side of me. Because as you say, like, Disney doesn't care about art anymore. Like, <laughs> Chip is the perfect character to, like, play kind of, like, the artist that, like, gave it up so that he could, you know, maybe because his friend betrayed him. Again, that was a little bit all, I don't know what was going on with that. But, you know, maybe because his friend betrayed him. But at the very least, he gave it up and he has, like, this successful career and this nice house and stuff. But, like, deep down, like, maybe he wants to be creative again. Maybe he still feels like there are ideas right, in his brain right. that he wants to get out. Maybe he just loves hanging out with his partner and creating things with him. Like, that never happens in the movie, and it's so weird. <laughs> right. It would have been interesting to see Chip Dale obviously take this bootleg route, right? And almost Chip coming to Dale's mm. rescue and like Dale's issue with Chip is that now now that Chip is so far out of it like the elements that make Chip his character fun and energetic and passionate Dale's basically mad at Chip and saying like you're not you're not that guy anymore and Chip and Chip's like well I never was that guy because there has to be a in my head there has to be a grounding where they see eye to eye yeah both their worlds have to combine together. Like his point of view, Dale's point of view and Chip's point of view have to reach this marrying point where they're both like, okay, I'll take a little bit of your world and you take a little mm -hmm. bit of my world. Because what Dale needs to realize is there, res there is responsibilities mm -hmm. to his life and it's not just for all the fame. And Chip also has to realize that being successful and being out there is not, can be a good thing as well. Like, those outgoing parts that this character Dale has 
is not necessarily bad for Chip. And I know they try that, but it's so badly done that oh, it's so it's so lost. It's so like the only times that they ever get yeah. along is when they accidentally argue or have the same train of thought. <laughs> and again, like having them be writing partners, like that's fine. Like you can be that and still be a little bit different, but like you still have to enjoy each other's company. And for the most part, they don't mm-hmm. seem to until like very specific moments of the plot. And as you said, they needed like an eye to eye moment where they're just like, mm-hmm. hey, I see you and I'm real. And that just does not happen in the story ever because they're too busy cracking right. jokes about how they talk at the same time, which isn't funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just isn't. No, it's not. And that's nostalgia, man. They want to talk about nostalgia, but what nostalgia is, is going, hey, that was really good. And there's a little parts that I'm going to take with me forever and I'm going to use them throughout my life, you know, in certain elements. But the future is now, and there's no going back. And this movie doesn't even say that, but that would have been a great lesson going, hey, I love what we did in the past, but let's work on what's the future now. And that's a great lesson to have because that still acknowledges, like I was saying, the past is great, but there's so much left in the future. And this movie just says, nope. (laughs) Like, there's nothing new that we can do. And that's... That's, again, it's so sad to see that the movie essentially acknowledges that new creations are dead. And mm-hmm. they have no shame. They have no shame. And I I can't, like, I just can't, I keep, this like the fifth time I've said it, but I can't get over the fact. I think that's what made me so sad was going, this movie has no shame in saying creativity's yeah, dead. Yeah, there is nothing new under the sun. We're only going to spin forever and watch dumb bootlegs. I think the bootlegs should have been, because the whole time they have, like, this other premise where it's like, in addition to selling the bootlegs, Peter Pan is also working on the black market. Mm. And it's like, that's <laughs> kind of weird and complicated. Why can't the bootlegs themselves be the enticing idea? Like, oh, you can do yes. You can have what you've had again. And it's not, oh. as, it's not as beautiful as it w- first was, but it's close enough. And you can still get right. that high. You can still have that love, you know? Like what you were saying about right. nostalgia. It's about creating nostalgia but in a very, yes. you know, cheap and truncated and monetary way that will never satisfy as much as the real thing. But, you know, it's close enough if you're not willing to move on. But again, as you said, right. that would actually ruin Disney's entire plan because their plan is to do that exact thing that we're talking about that's bad <laughs> over and over again. I'll bet they're already greenlit Chickendale chicken, uh, chicken 2. Chickendale 2 coming soon. Chick... <laughs> no and that's that is the tragedy they don't they disney literally in its own meta universe admits admits its own fault even when we win we lose you know what i mean because you think about chip and dale they stopped the guy that made the bootleg, yep. but they still made the reboot. Like, Disney's like, ha, you thought that was going to end well? But it's almost Psych. like Disney's giving themselves a <laughs> high five. It's like they're giving themselves a high five because, like, hey, look, we stopped making bootleg movies, but now we make yeah. remakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're like, suck on that because you just watched <laughs> it. You know what I mean? That's literally, like. It's literally like we can get Disney is basically saying we can get you to watch yep. anything. They did. And they proved us right. I'm so mad about that. It's like fool me once, shame on you. 
Fool me twice, shame on me. That's what this movie is, man. <laughs> this movie feeling. is it's just like, Disney, you got like the corporation, the mouse. It's just the mouse laughing at you, holding stacks of your cash, and they're on fire. Because he doesn't even care enough to take your cash. He just wants to light it and make you watch it burn. Yeah. He's literally the <laughs> He's Joker. He's the Joker. The Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to watch it burn. Are you sad yet, dear listener? Oh my god. Because we are sad. We, we fell sad. for it. It's just... We did. And it's insane that the movie just said, look... You hated it, and we knew you would, and yet you watched it, and you pay all this money. Like, we had to get the subscription to watch this thing. That it Disney oh, is so, so evil, evil. I'm sorry. They're so evil. It's bad. It's just a bad time. This movie was a bad time, and it made me depressed. It has, like, a, such an air of nihilism to it. Like, screw you. Nothing's ever going to be new again, and we have done this to you, us at Disney. And guess what? You're going to love it. Uh-huh. You're going to talk about it. It's going to be something that we just know that you would see. And on top of that, they gave this movie a 88%. <sighs> that was all paid. That has to be paid. Because there's no way that anyone with any kind of sound mind watched this movie and went, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that the, was the movie. I can, name, I can name you a thousand better movies that are probably... Mega Mind is ranked worse that is than this so movie. Depressing That's because a that movie is actual gold. If you have not seen the movie Mega Mind, or if you haven't seen it in a while, go watch it, please. It's one of the best animated movies I mean, of all time. Essential. I mean, no in, in terms of crafting, yeah, like all the jokes are amazing. They're really good at keeping track of details. It's got a very simple story, but it's told incredibly well. It has a lot of good jokes, but they always keep the jokes to the characters and the story. They actually build a world that makes sense. Yes. It's so good. Like, have you ever seen, like, a kindergartner paint something, right? Yeah. That's Chippendale. Megamind <laughs> is the Sistine Chapel compared, <laughs> compared to this to movie. <laughs> I'm never going to watch this movie again, ever. Oh, no, no. No one. We're never watching. Even if, like... Everyone shows up to me like, you know, when we put this up and they're just like, are you kidding me? Like, I actually found some of the things that you were like, that's not funny, funny. Like, you should give it another shot. I'll be like, no, I am never seeing this movie again. I don't care if I was the most unfair to it. It was unpleasant to watch. I didn't enjoy watching it. It made me feel sad and hollow and miserable. Honestly, if somebody told me that this was a good movie or like a potential date in my life was like, I, re I actually like the reboot. Bro, she... <laughs> I'm literally parking out, the car. Dude. Bro, I'm parking the car. I'm opening up the door, opening it, pulling it out of the car, shutting the door and driving away, bro. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> it's over, bro. I am not... <laughs> this. That's the ultimate deal breaker. If a girl says, oh, I like Chip and Dale, the remake, bro. <laughs> holy cow, it's over. It's, it's, it's done. Not worth your time, <laughs> man. Not worth your time. <laughs> Oh my gosh, help. I'd be, I'd be so done. <laughs> I'd be so done. So, don't watch this movie. Please, save yourself. Please, we watch save. these movies so you honestly don't have to. And we fixed it the best we could. I mean, and at the end of the day, if you're like, dude, I have some self-respect, 
Go watch Alvin the Chipmunks, and if you have a lot of respect, <laughs> go watch, go Megamind. watch Megamind. Megamind is so good. I love that movie to death. I will never not love that movie. I know, I know. That's so much. So yeah, that's all I gotta say. Stay away from peeing, ladies. <laughs> Stay away from urine fetishes in a kids movie. That's a literal thing, bro. It's like, uh, hold up, Dale. Hold up, bro. Get your priorities in line. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's uh, all I got to say. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs>